On today's episode, we welcome Amorak Huey and W. Todd Kaneko, authors of Slash 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 from Diode Editions. Welcome to episode 40 of The Chatbook. I'm your co-host, Noah Stetzer. And I'm Ross White. Noah and I are the directors and editors at Bull City Press, which publishes chapbooks and occasionally full-length books of poetry, fiction, and nonfiction. We started this podcast to celebrate our love of chapbooks, to go behind the scenes of the publishing process, and to highlight the folks who write chapbooks and the folks who make chapbooks. And we're joined again today by our good buddy, Molly. Molly, what's good in your life? Everything is good. Everything is great. Boy, that makes it easy. (laughs) (laughs) I'm jealous. I wish everything was good and everything was great. But I will say, this is very exciting. Today's episode is very good and very great. Agreed, because we have got two of my favorite poets together. Like Individually, they're some of my favorite poets. But then this craziest thing happened. They wrote a book together. And I want to know so much more about it. So let's jump right in. Let's bio these guys up. Let me go ahead and introduce our guests. Amara Kiwi's fourth book of poems is Dad Jokes from Late in the Patriarchy from Sundress Publications. His work has appeared in Best American Poetry, American Poetry Review, Columbia Review, and many other print and online journals. A Kundaman fellow, W. Todd Kaneko, is the author of the poetry books This Is How the Bone Sings from Black Lawrence Press and The Dead Wrestler Elegies from New Michigan Press. Now together, they both teach at Grand Valley State University in Michigan and have collaborated on the textbook Poetry, A Writer's Guide and Anthology. This is their second published collaboration, the chapbook Slash 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 from Diode Editions, which is where we're starting our conversation today. Welcome, guys. Okay, first off, I just want to show some love to Poetry, A Writer's Guide, and Anthology. It is the textbook that I use. It is the best textbook ever written for young poetry writers just getting into it. Seriously, I've used like 15 textbooks over the years. This is like the last one I ever want to use because it's perfect. Thank you so much. It's the one I use too. Yeah, thanks. Thanks a lot. It's uh, really gratifying to hear that, actually. All right. So slash, slash, slash. I think our first question for you is why write a chapbook whose title is so difficult on the tongue? Because every time I say slash, 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 I just, boy, the sounds just come right together. Come on, guys. Get it together. Get it together. (laughs) No, no, not really. Okay. So look, I love this book. It is poems about everyone's favorite guitarist slash. Axl Rose shows up. And I, I wouldn't I wouldn't call this biographical necessarily. So talk to us a little bit about like what what was the genesis of this project? At what point did you guys realize, hey, we're writing poems about Slash from Guns N' Roses and we're writing them together? Well, we started writing them individually. I had a poem about Slash recording Sweet Child of Mine, and and Todd had a poem about Slash playing the national anthem before a baseball game. And then we like started talking about these poets and writers that we admired doing this collaborative work, and we're like, hey, we should get in on that. And so 
and the slash was the thing that we and we'd already collaborated on the textbook or we were beginning to collaborate on the textbook. And so slash was the thing that our poems had in common. And so we're like, let's do some more of these and see what happens. And that's where it started. And that title is totally wacky, isn't it? (laughs) I mean, it's slash and then it's slash and there's a slash between them. Sort of answer your question, like at the beginning, your your question, Jess Ross, that title is kind of, it's made us kind of laugh. We were like, with slash and there was slash. Like, well, we can't just have two slashes. We have a third slash in there. So we, we like to say all three slashes. It's a visual pun for us. Sometimes I think that, you know, when we're writing some of these poems, they started, it was like trying to figure out like, what's the poem that's going to make me laugh? What's a poem that's going to make a Morak laugh? Can I start a poem that like Morak's going to be like, I can't finish this, but then he does and his magic. So a lot of the, the book is that way. The, the title is the title because we couldn't figure out a more appropriate title. And there's three slashes there. There's slashes throughout the book that are also difficult to read aloud. Again, mostly it's a joke. I mean, it's, we, we amuse ourselves with those slashes. And some of them, I think, are rhetorically appropriate. And some of them are just awkward. But I think they're all like, even that awkwardness is rhetorically, right? We want that awkwardness in there, that it's doing something. The poems get in the way in their own way sometimes. And I, I think that's one of the, the fun things about these poems is that we could let the poems get in their own way and, and, and say, well, no, I think that's just what it's going to do. And once, we, once that becomes part of the book, you're like, well, how can these other poems impede their own progress? It's part of the, the, that organic, I think, way of working that we, we manage between us. Well, I have to admit, I, I was having a great time with the book as I'm reading through the first section, you know, slashes starting to really sort of move into these different adventures. But in the second section, the first poem is called Axel Writes Slash Slash. And I thought, all right, you've done it. You've blown my mind. The title alone, I, I felt I was dead in that moment. I was dead. You know, I kind of think of this book as almost, it's like slash fan fiction, but it's not like fan fiction, it's fan poems, I guess. Yeah, I remember that, that, actual right slash slash poem came together just because i think we were just talking and we're like oh wait (laughs) we can't not have a slash slash poem and so i think morak said i think was that you i don't i don't remember one of us was like we can't have a a book about slash and not have a, a slash slash so so there it is and the whole middle section i think it's how the poems went from being poems to a book and the the middle section poems are about this love or hate, or whatever, between Axel and Slash. And for us, that was the part that we needed to get to to bring the book together as a book and not just a series of funny poems about Slash. I guess here's a, here's a backroom moment. I remember we were talking about, like, we had all these poems about Slash, right? And we're like, how is this a book? I don't think it is. How is it a book? And then we were talking, and we came to the conclusion that there's there's a lot of dudes in this book. There's a lot of masculine energy in the book. And there was like, not a lot of, you know, femininity or not a lot of balance that way. And we're like, well, I don't know. What do we do? And then I think that's when the slash slash hit. We're like, oh, wait, it doesn't need, this is the love story, right? So there's, a, there's this love story between these two dudes that isn't necessarily romantic, or maybe it is, I, I'm not sure. But we came to this decision, like the book has this identity, it's developing itself, right? Uh, and we just discovered it. And then at some point we're like, Maybe that second section is all Axel. And then everything started to come together. I think it's really interesting to listen to you both talk about the book, especially my experience of reading the book, because 
for me, I, I, I never stopped remembering that there were two of you behind the voice of the book. You were talking about the actual slash marks that are in the poems. And I, I noted that as well, as well as a lot of couplets. I mean, there's a lot of twos throughout the book that I kept finding. And this is not to put more into things that, that aren't even there. But I was reading something from a, an interview that, that you guys did with Kenyon about persona poems and, and navigating between the mask of a persona poem and the actual self of the writer. And what I thought was interesting was thinking that in terms of a book that's written collaboratively, who is the self behind the book? Or how does the idea of working in personal poems apply to this project? When the book became about Axel and Slash, in addition, to be, in addition to being just about Slash, it also became a book about collaboration. I mean, I think that as a reader, I'm always looking for, like, what's the meta part of this book? And I feel like this book is very meta in the ways that you're talking about. It's a book about performance. It's a book about persona. And Slash, of course, is himself. The, the real life figure is a persona, is performance. And then the book is about that. But then it's Slash and Axel built Guns N' Roses. So it's an act of collaboration. So the book is about that. But then Todd and I built the book. And so I feel like the book did become deliberately meta in a lot of ways. And so we're thinking about masculinity, thinking about our own identities, thinking about performance, thinking about making art together and how it becomes larger than one of us because it's two of us. I mean, just to, you know, piggyback off what Morak's saying, this book, you know, when you talk about the speaker and the persona, or the, the poet and the persona, rather, a lot of these poems, I don't know what's Amorak's and what's mine. Some of them I remember which one who started which, but some of them I look at and I'm like, I don't really recognize that as being my poem because it's not, right? I didn't write that poem. We wrote it together. Maybe I started a draft and then Amorak took it over and then he gave it back and I might have done something else to it. But like for the most part, like when we look at these poems, they're born of the two of us. In my experience, my experience with Amorak, I think we just surrendered. We surrendered who we are to the poems. And that was, I think, one of the coolest part about working on these as collaborations is that I really had to like give it up and say, I'm dropping the ego and saying, these aren't, this isn't about me. It's not what I want the poem to do. It's identifying what the poem itself is trying to do, right? If you watch that show, Top Chef, there's this competition where one chef starts a dish, right? And the other one's blindfolded. And then the second one's got to come in halfway through and identify, what are we making? Mm -hmm. Right? And it was a lot like that. We're like, you hit, the, you hit the poem and you're like, what was he doing? <laughs> what the heck was he doing? And then trying to figure out, well, I don't know what he was doing, but I can tell what the poem is doing. I'm a better writer for having written with a Morak this way. I think I have a, a better eye for just spotting what a poem is trying to do outside of what I want it to do. Because I had to figure out what he's trying to do. This is one of the most fun things, I think, writing this, this chapbook with Omorak. I think what allowed us to do this, too, was collaborating. I think we started these poems actually before we worked on the textbook, or before we completed the textbook. But the textbook, in terms of the writing process, it's a more functional pro project, right? And there's less ego involved in the construction of the individual sentence. And so we were able to like, all right, I'm going to put this draft of this chapter in a Google Doc and you do whatever you want to make it. We're used to writing professional writing kind of assignments that way, but we're not used to writing poems that way. But because we had practice writing this 300-page textbook together, 
we were able to bring that practice to the anthology or to the poems. And like Todd said, it helped us let go of that ego, set aside my vision for the poem in favor of the poem's vision for the poem. Also, you know, I think we talk about things that we're trained to do and trained not to do. Like, I think that when we're in workshops, so much, so much of what goes into, you know, workshop instructions, you're not rewriting someone else's poem, right? You're giving them advice or whatever. But here, you know, it's like you get the poem for workshop and you're like, well, I guess I get to do whatever I want, you know, and you, you rub your hands together and do your villainous laugh and then you just have at it. And then, but you do that knowing that the writer said, go ahead and do it, right? You know, one of the things we had to do is we, we gave each other full on permission just to do what we needed to do to make poems, make the poems work. And then we also knew that, you know, once we got those poems back, hey, we gave permission. I'm not going to take a Morax lines and redo them back the way they were, right? Because that's not, that's not how it was working. We were, we were, you know, I gave him the poem, he, he did stuff, revised it, and we built it from there rather than editing it from there. Thank you guys so much for coming in, and we would love to keep talking to you in our next episode coming out next week. Todd, would you mind reading us a poem to close out this first half? Sure. I'm going to read this poem. It's from the first section of, of the book. This is called Boys Watch Slash. We are 15 and have no idea what our bodies can do. We play guitar in the garage. We are becoming new animals. We remove shirts, pull our hats low over our eyes, sharpie the mark of the beast onto one another's flesh. We are young lions bellowing into a sleeping neighborhood, hoping for someone to shout back in anger slash love slash we don't know the difference. We are tomcats on the prowl. We need an adult to buy us beer. His name is Slash, and his guitar sounds like the devil's name howled backwards at midnight on MTV. Sounds like a lover's voice whispering our own reckless names. Our chests grow slick with sweat. His name is Slash, and he's everything. We've got a lot more to talk about with our guests today. So... Check back next week. We'll have part two of this interview. We'll have another poem from the chap. Thanks for joining us today. And you'll hear more from Amorak Huey and Todd Koneko next week. The best way to make sure that you don't miss any episode is to subscribe to our podcast and to tell your friends to listen too. They can find us in all the regular podcast places. Big thanks to our guests today. Check out the show notes for full biographies and links, and we'll see you next time. 